0: Lord God of hosts, unto whom vengeance belongeth, we come into thy presence knowing that thou art the author of all righteousness, all justice, all truth. And we beseech thee, O Lord, avenge thy saints against their adversaries strike down evil in Moscow and Washington and in all the capitals of this world and in the streets thereof, and raise up unto thyself a righteous generation that seeks after thy kingdom. Arm us, O Lord, to be soldiers of Jesus Christ, to be faithful unto thy kingdom, to be instant in season and out of season in thy service, and bringing men, women, and children into thy kingdom, and all things in captivity to thy Son. Bless us this day and always in thy service. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our scripture is from Ezra 7, verses 10 through 28. We dealt with this passage a few months ago in our study of the theology of the state. We consider it now in relationship to our subject this morning, sacred land, sacred land. Ezra 7, verses 10 following. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, and Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their own free will, to go up to Jerusalem, go with thee. Forasmuch as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of thy God which is in thine hand, and to carry the silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered unto the God of Israel, whose habitation is in Jerusalem, and all the silver and gold that thou canst find in all the province of Babylon with a will offering of the people and of the priests offering willingly for the house of their God which is in Jerusalem, that thou mayest buy speedily with this money bullocks, rams, lambs, with their meat offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them upon the altar of the house of your God which is in Jerusalem. And whatsoever shall seem good to thee and to thy brethren to do with the rest of the silver and the gold, that do after the will of your God. The vessels also that are given thee for the service of the house of thy God, those deliver thou before the God of Jerusalem. Whatsoever more shall be needful for the house of thy God, which thou shalt have occasion to bestow, bestow it out of the king's treasure house. And I, even I, Artaxerxes the king, to make a decree to all the treasurers which are beyond the river, that whatsoever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, shall require of you, it be done speedily. Unto an hundred talents of silver, unto an hundred measures of wheat, unto an hundred baths of oil, unto an hundred baths of uh, wine, and sought without prescribing how much. Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Also we certify you that touching any of the priests and Levites, singers, porters, nethanyms, or ministers of the house of God, it shall not be lawful to impose toll, tribute, or custom upon them. And thou, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand, set magistrates and judges which may judge all the people that are beyond the river, all such as know the laws of thy God, and teach ye them that know them not. And whatsoever Whosoever will not do the law of thy God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily upon him, whether it be unto death or to banishment or to confiscation of goods or to imprisonment. Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem and hath extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me, and I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me. We have lived so long under the rule of humanism that the idea of sacred land is alien to us. The legal standing of such land was once widely accepted even in pagan countries, so that we would have to say that in the modern world we have abandoned even what the pagans once maintained. Such properties, as were called sacred land, were known by a variety of names in Roman law, such as patrimonium. All such lands were held to be withdrawn from trade, and hence set apart. But in Rome, as in other countries, the state established all religions. It put controls on religion, and it reserved sovereignty to the empire. It was thus an act of grace on the part of Rome and of pagan countries that created sacred land, that established religions. The civil governments in the medieval era, the Renaissance, and the modern eras have fought to maintain the Roman position. The long struggle during the Middle Ages between the Empire and the national states and the papacy was because of this attempt by the state to control all religion and all sacred land. In the modern era. The Puritans and Cromwell fought against state controls. The federal constitution sought to limit the federal title to lands in an echo of this old struggle. The constitution is an express powers document. As John Saunders Points out so often and rightfully so we have forgotten an important aspect of the Constitution. As Article I Section eight in the last paragraph reads, the federal government is limited to exercise is given the power to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such districts not exceeding 10 miles square, Washington, D.C., as may by session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress become the seat of the government of the United States and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the states in which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. That, according to the Constitution, is the only land the federal government can own. In the Federalist Papers, twice, both Alexander Hamilton and Madison, spoke strongly in favor of this position. They argued that this was a good reason why the Constitution should be adopted. Moreover, when we read the Constitution of the United States analysis and interpretation, annotation of cases decided by the Supreme Court of the United States to June 29-1972, we read that the courts have recognized that this article does not cover lands acquired for forests, parks, ranges, wildlife sanctuaries, or flood control, but by its pure fiat the United States Supreme Court has justified the acquisition of state lands for all these reasons and more. Thus, the constitutional limitation on the federal ownership of land, combined with the First Amendment, for a long time gave the Church a freedom, which now is disappearing and is under attack. It is under attack because now the state sees itself as the successor to God. As a matter of fact, a new book which is to be published this month and to be released the 1st of October is by Michael Harrington, a prominent socialist active in one administration after another in recent years. The book is about the death of God and the funeral of God, which means, he says, we must bury every relic of biblical law and create a new humanistic law order. He summons, in fact, the churches to recognize the reality of the funeral of God, to help with the funeral, and to create a new humanistic society. Sacred land, however, is very important in scripture. The biblical view of land has as a basic premise first that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Because he is the creator, he is the lawmaker, the governor. And therefore, all the land is his. This leads to the second premise, of course. The earth is the Lord's. And hence, God's right to judge the earth. The first time we are told that God, because the earth is his, claims the right to judge the earth is Exodus 9.29 when judgment is pronounced upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. God tells Job that whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. Over and over again, the scriptures assert God's title to all the earth. Then third, certain areas are set aside for his purpose. His temple, his worship, and these are therefore to be regarded as holy unto the Lord. Even the priests and the Levites were regulated in their use of the temple or the sanctuary. When King Uzziah, as second Chronicles twenty six, sixteen following tells us violated the holy place, God struck him down with leprosy. Thus, God asserts his ownership of all the land and his reservation to himself of portions of that land as an embassy. Hence the use of the word by Paul, that we are ambassadors of Christ. Hence the claim to be a parochia, an alien enclave, with extraterritorial rights wherever they go, as they set up churches and sanctuaries. Now the rescript of Artaxerxes, which we read in these verses, verses 21 through 27, recognizes this fact. We must say that it is possible that the Persian Empire had ulterior motives in that they wanted to build up a buffer state on their borders. We know also that of all the realms of the ancient world none was more enlightened in their view of religious freedom than persia there is much that one can say about the faults of the persian empire but perhaps no country of antiquity has been more abused than has persia perhaps because of this element of a respect for all religions. In his rescript, Artaxerxes goes beyond what was routine for Persia. And thus it is clear that because of his knowledge of what Old Testament law required and conferences with Ezra who said he stood before the king and his counselors This is a most remarkable document because it concedes what biblical law requires. Our concern with it is at that point where the sacred land is affected. First, the sacred land of the temple is out of bounds. Artaxerxes' rescript says that no civil authorities have any jurisdiction over them the temple personnel even to the janitors are tax exempt out of this comes what for centuries was an important doctrine in the church the benefit of the clergy now there is nothing but an indifference in the modern church to that concept then Second, as we have seen, the doctrine of sacred land begins with the premise that all the earth is the Lord's, and thus all must be under God's law. The sacred law land requires a sanctuary, and the law goes forth from that sanctuary. Thus, according to the rescript of Artaxerxes, The civil order of Judea was to be under the law of God. This is a very remarkable point. In verses 25 and 26, in fact, it is said very plainly, And thou, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand, set magistrates and judges which may judge all the people that are beyond the river. All such as know the laws of thy God, and teach ye them that know them not. And whatsoever will not do, or whosoever will not do the law of thy God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily upon him, whether it be unto death or to banishment or to confiscation of goods or to imprisonment. Full internal freedom was given to Ezra to set up a theocracy, Apparently only in foreign affairs was there any jurisdiction by the Persian Empire. The appointment of the magistrates, of the judges, all civil officials, was left to Ezra, to the temple. God's ownership of the earth requires that his law govern all Things in his realm. And this the rescript recognizes. But there is still a third factor. Just as sacred land requires that the land be under the law of God, to which that land appertains, so too the same doctrine requires godly education teach ye them that know not. Education is a central aspect of government. If a government, a civil government, is humanistic, the education will be also. It is not a surprise, therefore, that the humanistic state controls education. The rise of modern humanistic statism and the state control of education have gone hand in hand. The same is true of law. As humanistic statism has developed, we have seen also the steady replacement of biblical law with humanistic law. Modern man looks to the state for salvation, for cradle-to-grave security, and as a result, the state is his God. Men do not turn to prayer, to the Holy Spirit, to communion, to the Word of God, but to the state in their time of need, and the modern state is man's very sorry means of grace. Then, for the death penalty is placed in the hands of Ezra to be enforced in terms of the law of thy God. The same is true of the law of the king. But authority in both cases is left to Ezra and the sanctuary. Thus, What this rescript did was to say the sacred land in the midst of the land was to be the source of authority and government in all the land and also the source of education. Thus, the sacred land is not a small corner in an otherwise secular society, but a central point in the life of a covenanted community. Last week we spoke about covenanted communities. The New England townships were set up under a covenant. The church was placed in the center of the village and the township. It was the locale of town meetings and town activities because out of the sacred land went law, education, communion, community, and all things else. Thus, the idea that modern churchmen have that the sacred land is just a small island in an ocean of secularism is ungodly and it is their adoption of this alien premise that is the beginning of a surrender of the world to the devil the central state is now the new god it is the center increasingly of all government and education and also the locale of immunity. Precisely now when every effort is being made to control the Church, efforts being made to put the Church under taxation, we have seen also the steady development of the immunity of federal properties from any kind of control. We are told that the federal lands are now 42% of the United States, almost half. They are the new sacred land. They cannot be taxed by the cities and the states. They are held to be separated, sacred, although the language avoids the language that once applied to such lands. Sacred soil now has become statist. What will change this? Only as the people are changed. Only as the people again bring all things under the captivity of Jesus Christ. Only as they recognize his sovereignty and that the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. But for the present, if you want to see sacred land, look at federal property. There is where the new God resides. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we live in the midst of a godless generation. An apostate people and men who surrender what belongs to thee unto tyrants, humanists, workers of iniquity. Give us strength by thy spirit and grace by thy word to reclaim all things for Jesus Christ. To bring peoples Nations, institutions, the whole of earth, under thy dominion, thy will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant us this, we beseech thee, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes.
1: There's a very interesting ploy that the federal government uses in terms of the federal lands that I think everybody ought to know about. Everyone says, well, it's no big deal that the federal government is, is holding these lands in trust for us. Well, that's not really quite true. What the federal government does is they don't allow the states to tax the land, so they reimburse the states for lost taxes and thereby have a leverage over the states to dictate policy at the state government level and that's precisely what's happening here in california right now the federal government says well we have 150 to 200 million dollars here in reimbursement for you now there's certain things that we would like done at the state level in order for you to get this 150 to 200 million dollars in reimbursement now that's an oversimplification of it but that's exactly what's happening and the federal lands the whole problem with with locking up the federal lands is that everyone talks about protecting them for the future, when in reality, what they're really doing is locking up resources and making us dependent on foreign powers. And the reason why President Reagan can't do anything with respect to McDonald and the rest of the people is because 18 of our 37 strategic metals are imported, 75% or more from Soviet Russia, including chromite. Chromite, without it, you don't make steel. Well, I I happen to know personally the geologist who sampled all the major chromite deposits in California over a six-year period, and he told me there's enough chromite right here in the state of California alone to supply ten times this nation's needs for the next 500 years, but it cannot be mined. It cannot be mined because those eight deposits were among the first 20 targets by the environmentalist groups.
0: And the most powerful man in California is not the governor. It is the chairman of the Federal Land Commission controlling the federal lands here. And they are not held in terms of conservation. They are very extensively used. They are very extensively used for grazing and when you find out the name of the people who have grazed in the past generation, you know why the media is controlled. Yes?
1: What's Secretary Watts' view of all this? Well, I've talked to to, uh, uh, Secretary Watt just briefly on a couple of occasions and uh, some close friends of mine have talked with him intimately, and uh, the problem is that Watt, regardless of what Watt might want to do, he can't do it, because the entire media is, is diametrically opposed to everything he does. I'll just give you one example. During the Carter administration, over 150 million acres of federal lands were sold or disbursed to private interests during the Carter administration. Under Secretary Watt, to date, he has disbursed less than 3,000 acres. And yet, his entire image in the media is that he wants to give away all the federal lands to the big money interests. That's an example of a propaganda campaign that's being waged in the media. Yes. In in verse 26, it speaks of uh, imprisonment. Is that part of a godly order, or is that something that Artaxerxes is That was
0: a part of the Persian order. Yes. But Ezra had the option to exercise it or not. And there's no evidence that they set up prisons. Yes.
1: Is there a place in the, in the new covenant for, uh, Pilgrimage type places set aside for, or is that a, an alien sort of?
0: For what? A,
1: not a Mecca like sort of place. or there to be Christian, not shrines, but.
0: No, well, there were pilgrimages to Ju- Jerusalem three times a year in the Old Testament. Uh, so there is nothing inherently wrong about the idea if it is properly done. And we have retreats and that sort of thing in the modern world. Well, on Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions or comments? I yes. Think
1: it's no, uh, final irony that the reimbursement uh, source is from um, Taxes that are assessed against people that John is saying that we're being reimbursed in California. The confiscation, so to speak, of the land is the source source of that reimbursement
0: is ourselves. It seems like a final irony. Yes. And it's one that uh, happens again and again in a variety of ways. We are robbed and then taxed. Yes, John.
1: I'll just add one last one last parting shot here at, at uh, the environmentalist movements and everyone else. Uh, I have a, a very close friend of mine who has 1,800 acres of land down in San Bernardino County that is prime, prime silver property. I've visited many times, taken assays there myself, and done work on the property so I know what's there. And I find it very, very interesting that all of the land immediately adjacent to that 1800 acres of silver property was included by BLM Edicts in the new CCDA, California Desert Conservation Area, every last bit of it. So he will not develop the property beyond his borders, but the land can be saved for future disbursement to whomever the federal government deems it worthy of receiving.
0: Yes. Well, if there are no further comments, let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, our God, the ungodly, rage and take counsel against thee, against thine anointed and thy kingdom. Thou who sittest in the circle of the heavens, dost laugh and dost hold them in derision. And in Thine own time Thou shalt smite them with a rod of iron. We wait on Thee, O Lord, and as we wait, we move in terms of Thy Word, seeking to obey Thee in all things, that Thy will might be done in us and through us. Strengthen us by Thy Spirit, Give us patience under adversity and victory over the powers of darkness. In Jesus' name, Amen.